Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we coach you to build your business like an airplane. The cockpit is your leadership. The body is your overhead. The right engine is your marketing. The left engine is your sales. The wings are your products, and the fuel tanks are your cash flow. If you build the six parts of your business correctly, it will fly far and fast. How great is that? You only need to know six things. Every week, we help a business owner just like you optimize their airplane. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Many of you, probably most of you, are dealing with the same problem our guest today, Renee Thompson, is dealing with, and that's this. She has to duplicate herself, and she doesn't know how to do it. She is the product. She's the one with the expertise, but she can't service every single client. She's got a waiting list. She has people waiting to give her a ton of money. She has an executive assistant. She's got some good stuff going on, but it's just not working. Renee Thompson is founder and CEO of the Healthy Workforce Institute. It's an organization focused on eradicating bullying and incivility within the healthcare system. Man, sounds like she's an important consultant. But how do you duplicate yourself? How do you scale yourself? But we're also going to talk about whether or not you should scale yourself. It's something, you know, a lot of times when people come to me and saying, I want to scale, I want to scale, I want to scale, but I'm just too busy, I'm too crazy, I'm too... You know, you got to ask the question, should you be doing that in the first place? You know, is there something else there that's making you work so hard, even though you don't need the money, you're not going to be able to fix the world? That's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. Renee, I'm glad to have you on the podcast today. Well, um, I'm thrilled to be here with you, uh, Don. I have been a student of yours for quite some time and have basically DM'd my business based on your principles. So, <laughs> so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you. It sounds like you're having a problem that a lot of listeners have, and that's they've got to duplicate themselves somehow. They have some sort of specialty, uh, some sort of expertise that's just very difficult to duplicate and so hard to scale your business. But you do something really, really interesting. Can you, in a nutshell, explain what you do? Um, my, the name of my company is the Healthy Workforce Institute, and we eradicate bullying and incivility in healthcare. We're actually the only company in the world dedicated to addressing bad behavior in healthcare alone. And honestly, we don't have to go outside of healthcare. We are plenty wow. busy right where we are. Do you think bullying, well, I'd love for you to define bullying, but is it a problem everywhere or is there something specific about healthcare that makes it worse? I, I don't think of bullying when I think of healthcare. Well, you know, it's really funny because most lay people have no idea that while they're healthcare professionals, and I'm a nurse, especially nurses, we can be so caring and compassionate to our patients, but we can be horrific to each other. And we actually see more disruptive behaviors in healthcare than any other industry in the world. And when you think about it, we see more stress, more unpredictability. I mean, think about the last two years, what healthcare right. has gone through. You're so when exhausted. People, the oh, hours that you're working are oh. intense. You're not yourself. You're in a low lit, no UV environment. Yes. You, and the, the stakes are high. If you make a mistake, you, you could cost somebody their life. A lot of stress is there, and that, you think, leads to bullying. It's interesting. A lot of people confuse bullying and incivility, somebody having a bad day, somebody being held accountable for their performance. What we look at bullying is that there has to be a target, the behavior has to be harmful, and it has to be repeated over time. It can't be one time I get testy with you in a crisis situation when I'm under an incredible amount of stress. 
But what we see is new nurses being set up to fail by the experienced nurses. Sabotage. We look at silent treatment. So a nurse refusing to take report from another another nurse who she doesn't like. We see this a lot with physicians who go through a lot of hazing when they're new. They're given the worst patient load and they're almost set up to fail. Very similar to, you know, fraternity, a sorority where, you know, we put these people through rush and it's like, we're going to be so hard on you. It's sink or swim. And if you make it, welcome to the club. It's this initiation. But Don, what people don't realize is that while you're doing that, while you're setting that new nurse or new physician up to fail, you're harming someone's mom, someone's you know spouse, partner, child, because the way we treat each other is just the as important as care the care. Absolutely. Suffers. All right. So the problem is it's clearly a, 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 you're, you're very much in need. You're changing lives. You're not just changing the lives of healthcare workers. You're changing the lives of their patients. It sounds like uh, we really need your service. So you're having problems scaling because you've got the expertise and you're the one who needs to go in. Describe your operation to the listener. Describe how you organize your operation. And let's see if we can make some improvements that allow you to increase your impact. Okay. Very much like your airplane example. Yeah. I am the pilot. And oh, I fly the plane. You're, you're in the cockpit. You I'm know where cockpit. it's going. I'm the strategic thinker. Okay. But I'm also serving coffee, fueling the plane, you know, loading the luggage. Well, it sounds like you're the wings. You are the product. You are the product that you sell. I am. You are also the cockpit. So there's a lot of solopreneurs find themselves as they're in the cockpit. They are the wings. They're having to do the marketing. They're having to manage the cash flow. They're all parts of the airplane, which is which is fine. Right. It just limits your ability to have an impact. It limits your ability to grow. I can't scale anymore. And, and that's fine. You're right. Because when I'm sure there are a lot of listeners who start very much like me, you do it all and that's okay. But Don, this is 10 years and I'm still doing it all. And I still, so I have um, five core team members, only one full-time employee. I also have three consultants. So we do speaking training, we have products, we have an online academy, and we do consulting and coaching. 64% of our revenue comes from consulting, and 95% of that is me. Got it. Got it. So, okay. All right. So now, you know, normally you'd start out, I'd start out by saying, okay, let's figure out who you need to hire, what they need to be yes. doing. I want to start somewhere else. We're going to oh. get to that in a second. Okay. Because in terms of scaling at least your revenue, I want to know what products you are selling uh, so that we can discover if there's any way we can reshape those products and make more money off the same amount of work you're currently doing right. before we actually get into who's helping you. Because you know, you always wanna you always wanna make the wings of the airplane larger, lighter, stronger before you ever start adding anything to the body. And we're going to add some stuff to the body, likely. Uh, but I want to talk about the wings first because I, I understand your business. I could easily have the same business. Uh, you know, I could easily just be doing consulting. That would have limited me to about I don't know 1.5 million a year, and instead we're doing 15. And all of that was really about products, right? But will you list your products? Tell me what sort yes. of products from. And I want to I want to know from the least expensive 
to the most expensive, what are the, what are the products that you sell? So we have books. I've written several books on the topic of bullying. We have um, my Be Kind packages, buttons and things like that. We have no cards. Very, we're not a product company, okay? But those are the the low cost. Got it. Well, let me let me back up a little bit because I think there's something there that you can do. Mm. You have some, you have three other consultants who can go in, but yes. my guess is they don't have the ability to spot problems and create solutions in quite the way you do, because you have obsessively thought about this and obsessively, you see things they just don't see. And so they're probably not able to give the kind of sound advice that you are able to give. Nothing against them. Right. They just haven't obsessed and thought about it. Is that the case? Um, yes and no. So one of my consultants, she just does my training. She's technically, I guess, not a consultant. A but she'll help me when I'm doing consulting. We do have somebody on our team who specializes in physician and civility. So anytime we have a group that reaches out to us and say, it's our docs, we send in Mitch. And it's really interesting. I had a conversation with Mitch yesterday and he said, Renee, I don't think you're utilizing me to my capacity. I have so many things that I can do. And I basically said, yes, Mitch, but I'm the only one marketing you. Like, I, I can't fit another market. I can't do another marketing strategy to promote you because I can't keep up with the clients that I have. So we do have some uh, wiggle room though with our consultants for sure. It's just how do you how do you do that? Okay, Renee, I'm very interested in Mitch. And, and here's the first thing that I would think about if I were in your shoes. Let's say somebody wants to bring you in for some consulting. I would make a first. Before you can bring me in, you have to bring in our culture of kindness package, and that's going to be Mitch delivering either a keynote or a facilitation of some sort. It's going to be installing the Be Kind buttons and the Be Kind reward system. There's going to be a package, and it might be three speeches that Mitch gives, plus the buttons go everywhere, and they're going to need to run that for three months and Mitch is going to supervise a little bit with some checkup calls to make sure they're running that before they can even bring you in. We're going to try to get Mitch to solve as many of these problems without you leaving home or doing anything. And they've got to do that before. And if they do that, then it's a matter of they can bring in it. Now, now, if it's a doctor problem, you might send Mitch. If it's a nurse to nurse issue, there might be somebody else. You're going to take the assessment call and you're going to, you know, you're going to figure out what the problem is. And then you're going to prescribe, to use doctor speak, mm -hmm. a, a, a prescription. But it's always going to involve somebody else, I would think, first. That's going to allow you to impact more people where you would normally just have to say no because you can't do it. And people tend to buy products that solve problems. problems. And so what you want to be able to do is say... Sounds like you've got some retention problem. You got some changeover problems. That's a real issue right now in healthcare. A lot of that because this just doesn't feel like a safe place to work. There are there is a package that we sell in that converts your organization into a safe place to work, or at least starts the transformation, and it does it in a ninety day period. We send in our facilitator, Mitch. Mitch gives a series of keynotes that can be done on video so that everybody can watch it. You, you, there's these buttons and we do, uh, you know, you might go in and do once every two weeks a call talking about the improvement 
of the culture. You and Mitch are on that call. That's 30 minutes of your time. Beyond that, then they can bring you in. And that's going to be you know, a lot more expensive. That's the second thing that I would do. You describe the problem that you're solving as a very, very expensive problem, which justifies a higher price. So that's where I go into the employee retention and those sorts of things. My question is, is there phase one solution to the problem, phase two, and maybe phase three, and can we get you completely out of phase one? Is that possible? Yes. It's, it's interesting that you sort of recrafted it this way because I always see this as the consulting. It's either Mitch or it's me. But I never really thought about it. Can Mitch be step one? So I can definitely look at how the model that we're using for consulting. But I, I think our pricing, though, for consulting is pretty good. Uh, Do one you of mind our, me asking what that is? Yeah, no, not at all. Um, so it depends. We have two consulting sort of packages. One is we come in and we do the entire hospital. And my primary audience, the primary group of people who I work with are healthcare leaders. Got it. Who actually- These are the executives in the hospital system. And, and the frontline leaders. So that nurse manager in an ICU. Okay. That's my avatar, that nurse manager in an ICU. If somebody wants me to come in for the entire organization, it's $160,000 for a year. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it, it's, a, it's a nice chunk of change. And then if they just want me to do, we have a, a, another way we do consulting where we'll work with three departments at a time. It's also for a year. It's just not in, as intense. And that right now is about $60,000. How much of your time for $160,000, <laughs> how many hours am I getting of you? I am so afraid to figure that out, but it's I'm probably lot. making minimum wage. It, it's not sustainable. It really is not because I'm having coaching calls um, with my the leaders every single week. Right now, we have six consulting clients that we're working with and they always re-up for another year and then I get new ones and now I'm at we're at a point where we have a waiting list. So again, 64% of our revenue comes from consulting and you can see why it's because it's a higher price tag for the type of consulting that I do. But I I think to your point could I take a step back and retool how we do our consulting and, and create different phases that I can utilize other people to do that work? Well, let me, let me get to another issue now because your price is a lot higher than I thought, which mm -hmm. means the demand and the need must be extremely high. This must be a very, very big pain point. So I would go back to Mitch and I would say that first phase is 50,000. And Mitch is going to get 20000 of that or so. I hope Mitch doesn't listen to this and have expectations <laughs> on his salary. But, you just but gave what, him a raise. <laughs> exactly. But Mitch can actually handle about 10 of these a year. So Mitch is going to do 200000 These are fixed keynotes, fixed you know, sessions with groups of leaders who need to sign on to a Zoom call at a certain time. You're going to make that a package that hopefully solves some of those problems. That I still don't think that should go much more than three to six months. And then you should step in. I think the next thing that you're going to do, and this is a really hard thing to do, Renee, but you've got to find somebody who really is able to think as very much like you. I know. And, and they are going to need to be paid about seventy-five dollars or $100,000 to do nothing the first year except be on a call when you're on a call. Hmm. They are simply not allowed to, you're not allowed to do anything without them in the room. 
And then you're going to have to develop a relationship with them where you're going to say, look, I need you to ask me several questions about why I decided I was doing whatever. And then that person, you know, is going to, is going to be billed out at $160,000 a year too. And you're, you're, you'll have to duplicate yourself. Now, I think you're going to get pretty darn far with Mitch. I think your revenue is going to go considerably higher without you. And then some of those people are not going to want the $160,000 thing because, right. you know, this Mitch has solved so much of their problems. And I think that's great. But it sounds like the need is high enough that Mitch is going to cover a bunch of bases. Since you've got a waiting list, we don't want a waiting list. If, if a client is If a client is pulling out a checkbook and has a pen in their hand, we want to be able to start tomorrow. And I, I think you're going to have to duplicate yourself. Now, I, I get this because I, I, you know, people bring me in for a day and, you know, in about 20 minutes, I can assess their problem. And then the answers are very unique. And we come up with the tagline that they should actually say. And I start writing emails and, you know, it's hard to find somebody like that. What I've discovered, though, is that nobody does it like me but plenty of people do it differently and they get the same results. Yeah. So I can't be, you know, my wife and I have this saying that we made up when we first got married and it was a way to keep our marriage healthy. We said, look, let's agree not to moralize our preferences. So moralizing your preferences is it is morally wrong to put a knife in the dishwasher that's facing up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we had to stop and say, wait a second. Yeah. This is not a moral issue. This is a preference. And let's make sure moral issues and preferences are separated. And I think a lot of times when we are trying to duplicate ourselves, we feel like, no, that's not how I would have said it. Therefore, you're wrong. It's not, you know, you're, you're just different. The reality is there are people, and there's not a lot of them, Renee, let's admit it, but there are people who can actually solve a lot of these problems. And if they shadow you for a year, they're going to get really, really good at it. And then what you would probably do is some sort of 60-40 split on revenue. So they're going to make 40% and you're going to make 60% because you train them. And there's also going to be a non-compete. They're not going to be able to compete for a year. Uh, and they can't ever go after the existing clients that you have. You need to get that in writing and a very, very strong contract right away. Sure. Okay, so let's talk about what your virtual assistant does now. What does she do for you or what does he do for you? Mm -hmm. She, her name is Dee. She manages my calendar, crazy calendar that I have. And she is really my, I would call her my project manager for my consulting clients. So we have a tracker. We have a whole system for our consulting, what we do phase one, two, three, and four. Dee manages all of that. She creates her surveys. She works with the clients. Uh, could not even have the six clients that I have right now without Dee. Now, Dee is about half time. So she works about 15 to 20 hours a week. Okay. I think Dee's in a great spot. It's one of the first things I recommend is you get somebody who can manage your calendar. You should not, you should not really know or need to know what you're doing tomorrow. You should be able to look at your calendar and know you've got some meetings. Does D decide and talk to people to decide who you should talk to about being a potential client? You know, she, who does that? Me. You do. Okay. So there's something called an, an SDR, a sales development representative. And what they do is they assess the needs of a potential client. You don't want a a sales representative 
talking to anybody who really doesn't have a problem that you can solve. So the SDRs actually help with that. And I think there's room for you. To, now, this is after you, you really f- fine-tune your product offering. Now, an SDR is going to make about $24,000 a year. That is very, very low, obviously. It does not increase the body of your airplane, so we're not taking much of a risk. They're also going to get about a 10 to 20% commission on stuff that they sell. So, so if they sell Mitch, they're going to get a 10%. So you know, they're going to get $5,000 when they sell Mitch. Uh, when they, you know, when they sell your books, they're not going to get much. Uh, when they sell you, you know, they might get that ten percent. When they sell, you know, a video package that costs two thousand dollars, they're going to get twenty percent. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you make it so that they can get to that six figures really, really easy. And and what's going to happen is D is going to pass almost everybody that isn't an existing client where you're trying to get on the books. They're going to pass that to the SDR. And the SDR is going to act as a sales rep at first. They're going to act as a sales rep and they're going to sell product. They're going to give it back to, they may even have a virtual assistant eventually that just handles Mitch's schedule. You know, so they may call and say, look, could Mitch do this? And, you know, you get back and then they get back to the client, that sort of thing. Now, think about what's happening. You've got your calendar and your virtual assistant. The SDR has not increased your workload at all. They are closing sales. They are in great relationships with your existing clients, and they're working with Mitch. So that's going to be an additional, you know, in your pocket. That's going to be an additional three and four and five hundred thousand dollars without increasing your workload. That was one of the questions that I had, or where I could really use some help. Is I know I need the help. Again, this is not sustainable. But from hiring, from a hiring perspective. What position should I be looking for right now? And you answer that. So I think uh, it's the, the SDR. Okay. Yeah, it's a sales development representative who has a menu of products that they can sell and fixed commissions, and then they make about twenty four thousand in base salaries. So you want to cover their mortgage, and you want to cover, you know, their healthcare and stuff like that. That's about it. I want to go one one more place, and you know, this is getting a little bit personal, Renee. You don't have to answer these questions. I want to talk about how much money you need, how much, how you're managing your, your checking accounts, to be Mm -hmm. honest, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times, you know, we get so busy and we're, we're putting out so many fires that we, we don't realize we actually don't need the money (laughs) (laughs) that you would be, I mean, what are you going to do with the money? We always think we're going to buy quality of life. And and a lot of times we got to sit down and go, well, you know what, if I just wouldn't take that money, I'd have the quality of life now. So, you know, have we have we had that come to Jesus moment yet? Did with- you talk to my husband? Seriously. <laughs> Did you have this conversation with him? Because when- He's selling you out? Oh my gosh. He would retire today if- Oh, he's doing oh, the opposite. You're, oh, make, you're the one pushing it. I'm the driver What's here. your husband's name? His name is Ashley. Ashley sounds like a godsend, <laughs> Renee. Yes, he, he keeps me grounded. And when the pandemic hit um, and we started seeing all of our speaking engagements canceled, I had several panic attacks. And then we sat down and I said, all right, let's create our ideal life. How much money would we have to have bring in for us to have our ideal life? And it's things like we have two grandchildren now. 
We visit our grandchildren like every six weeks. We want to go and visit them. And that's a cost. We want to take our family on a family vacation, all expenses paid. We want to take care of that. That's how much that costs. Um, You know, we looked at our house. We paid off our house. So what do we really need? And I thought, okay, how far off are we? And Don, we have that. We oh, already have Renee, it. But that's, so that's wonderful. So I know, that, but yeah. I can't. So the, the driver mm-hmm. in me, this is the, the limiting belief that I had. The, the mantra that I hear in my head is my father, who, yeah. when he was young and raising five children, never turned down work, mm-hmm. ever. Yep. And I battle with that, but I recognize that it's something that I need to get control of. Yeah. Because I'm getting older and, you know, I still um, have things that I want to do that don't involve my business. And so, What a beautiful thing, though, that you're even willing to say that. And, you know, I I grew up very, very poor. My mother Mm -hmm. never made more than $21,000 a year until the last few years of her life when she switched jobs. She was a secretary at an oil refinery. You know, we stood in line for government subsidies. We grew up and I was born into a government project. And, uh, and to me, it just always feels like scarcity. It always, there's just no amount of money that, I mean, you know, if, if a speaking gig cancels, I, my, my body tells me you're not going to eat tomorrow and it doesn't matter how many millions are in the account. And I have had to, I've had to really retrain myself on that. And, uh, and now we have close to 30 employees and they all, you know, they make pretty good money. So there's a sense of, wait, if I don't go speak, are they going to eat? You know, am Mm -hmm. I going to be able to pay them? All of that is taken care of. It's okay. And I've, I've found that my health, my mental health is really dependent on me navigating that and saying, no, I mean, you, you know, we are, you and I have this racehorse engine, this, Mm -hmm. this incredible engine, but the reality is you can run that engine too hot. And we've got to be able to actually navigate that. Now, you've given me some clues here. (laughs) You're a very, very driven person and you want to accomplish much. One of the things that I would recommend is actually creating a story that for your grandchildren and your children, and it sounds like these vacations, you need a project for the family that gives you a feeling that you're excelling there too. Yeah, And I would actually say, Renee, I think you should have a number and that number is, look, we're going to do uh, 1.7 million in consulting a year. That includes Mitch and all that kind of stuff. And we're also going to take two months off a year. There will be, there will be two months <laughs> off. They can be, I'm going to let you separate a spring and a fall, uh-huh. but there's two months that we do not work and everybody keeps getting paid. Mitch might work, you know, but- Renee's not going to work. And what that is, is it's putting a little regulator on your engine. Mm -hmm. It's making, you know, you're probably a binary thinker. You're either all in or all out. Black and white. There you go. So we're going to do one month a year when you're all out. And what you're going to find is that you give better advice. You do better consulting. Uh, You know, you may not make more money. You You may. A lot of people find out that they, in fact, do, which is very, very strange to them. But you're not going to get to the end of your life and ha- and have regretted not being able to spend more time with your kids or not having a hobby or not spending more time with Ashley because Ashley Town sounds like a winner to me, right? Oh yeah, it's interesting. We, him and I, talk about this a lot. And you know, since we started this company a little over ten years ago, I have never taken a full day off. Never. Yeah. 
And that's yeah. not okay. Like I recognize that I don't want to have the, the savior complex that I have to keep working and it's, it's time. And, and obviously it's why I reached out to say, I know that I need, I recognize that I need some help. It's just, there's so many things. Where do you begin? So this has been a really nice, um, I'm glad well, we yeah, can't lose you, Renee. We've got to keep you. And so you can't burn out and you can't, you know, you can't, stand up against bullies in the workplace who overwork their teams if there's a bully inside you that's overworking you. Oh, yeah. She beats me up relentlessly. Sounds like she does. <laughs> and also, you are not responsible to fix the broken world. We're just responsible to do everything we can, but we can't break ourselves to fix what is broken. Renee, where can people go to find out more about you if they're in a hospital system and there's bullying? We love promoting <laughs> businesses like yours. Where do people go? Yes, they can go to healthyworkforceinstitute.com. Great website, healthyworkforceinstitute.com. You're a wonderful human being doing wonderful work. I hope you get 60 days with Ashley on a beach somewhere. <laughs> he would love that. Reading a good novel. You deserve it, Renee. And I hope you have more of an impact, more of an impact in the world because you were able to structure your life that way. Fantastic talking to you. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, Don. Some of you got really moved. When I said take two months off, when I said you don't have to fix the world, some of you got really moved. And if you got really moved, it's a sign. It's a sign. You should listen to it. It's a little dashboard light coming up on your uh, your airplane control system, and it's saying, "Look, we're we're burning ourselves out here." Uh, you know, reverse engineering that two months off is a big deal. I want to say thanks again to Renee Thompson for coming on the show today. Well, listen, at the end of every episode, as you know, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. Today's plan of action is this. If you want to duplicate yourself, start by optimizing your wings. The wings of the airplane represent your products. The bigger they are, the stronger they are, the bigger your overhead can be, the less your right and left engine have to work. You've got to have big and profitable products. And the problem with Renee is that her product, her main product was herself. So she has to figure out products that she can create and sell that take her out of the equation. So Mitch sounds like a fantastic solution. Mitch can go in and do some consulting of his own, but he can do any, he can go in and he can do these keynotes. He can facilitate Q and A's. He can run the kind be kind button system. But all that needs to be turned into a product that you sell for a fixed price. So phase one in terms of solving this problem is fifty thousand dollars. It involves Mitch going in for three sessions. It involves you getting. 2,000 buttons, it involves this award system, it involves whatever. You create that product without you. Now, that's the thing. You can't be in phase one, right? So the next issue is you only sell yourself at a premium. If they're buying you, they're paying a lot of money to bring you in because you're worth a lot. You need to be able to articulate, if you're going to charge that much, how you're actually making people or saving people that much money. But the point is this, point number two, only sell yourself at a premium. So point number one, optimize your wings, come up with products that you can sell for a great price that don't involve you, then only sell yourself at a premium. Next, and this is going to be the hardest thing, hire and train a duplicate of yourself. Hire and train a duplicate of yourself. Now remember, don't moralize your preferences. 
Let them solve the problem the way they would solve the problem. As long as they're solving the problem, they're doing a good job, and you can vouch for them. You have duplicated yourself, not because they think like you, but because they solve the problem that you solve. That's the, the plan of action. Now, we got some extra credit stuff in here, and that is, do we really need to fix the business or do we need to fix ourselves? And I think this is where some of us got emotional. You can't break yourself to fix what's broken. You cannot break yourself to fix what's broken in the world. You've got to know your limits. And the questions that you want to ask yourself are, how much money do I really need? How much do I really need? You're going to die. You're going to die. If you die hoarding and accumulating so much wealth that you don't need, you have wasted your life. You've wasted your life. Don't do it. Figure out a really great number. This allows you to take vacations. It allows you to care for your kids and your grandkids. allows you to pay for people's college. allows you to leave a legacy. allows you to be charitable and generous. I'm talking about great red-blooded capitalist money. I love it. But at some point when we're just working to run up the score, we are indeed just harming our actual quality of life and the meaning of our life. So here's a test. Here's a litmus test. Could you take one or two months off a year and let that serve as a regulator for how hard you are working? Could you take one or two months off, spring and fall, just think of it like that, where you're not going to work? We just have to understand it's a broken world and it's arrogant of you and I to assume we can fix it. We can help. We can help. But you can't break yourself to fix what's broken. What a beautiful wonderful conversation with Renee. And if Renee's listening to this feeling like, oh, I've been made an example of, Renee, we are all with you. We all have this problem and you have courageously stepped in to try to solve it and we're going to solve our end of the problem with you. So thanks so much to Renee Thompson for being on. If you have a business and you are struggling to grow that business to get your airplane off the ground, just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast and submit yourself to be a coaching guest on this show. If chosen, I will coach you right here on the air. We will analyze your airplane. We will figure out which parts need fixing, and I'll give you some advice to fix it. Just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. Today, we fixed part of the cockpit. We fixed part of the wings. And I know an airplane doesn't have a heart, but if it did, we talked about how to fix the heart. We can fix your airplane too. In the meantime, don't wait to be selected to be a coaching guest on the show. If you go to mybusinessreport.com, that's mybusinessreport.com, take about a 12-minute assessment, you'll receive a free 50- to 60-page detailed report on the health of your business. I'm not kidding. You will be amazed how much this report reads as though I've been reading your journal. We're going to identify any weak spots in the six parts of your airplane and give you a customized plan on how to fix it. Thousands and thousands of business leaders have already done it and are saying it's one of the most valuable free tools for growing your business. Just go to mybusinessreport.com and get your customized plan to fix your business today. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you build your business like an airplane so you can fly far and fast. See you next week.